Louis Son follows an ad for maintenance work that leads him to a butcher slash landlord in a post-apocalyptic town. He grows close to the butcher's daughter, Julie, who warns him of her father's unsavory methods. This is Delicatessen, directed by Jean-Pierre Genot and Marc Caro. Welcome to the double-A matinee. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Amanda. And today we're going to talk about my pick for this week, uh, the movie Delicatessen from 1991 to, I believe. I think it's Two. one. Okay. Or, well. I don't know, different sites said different things, but. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, like, the difference between, like, French release and U.S. released or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, this movie was directed um, by uh, both Jean-Pierre Genou, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing any of these names right, so just a, you know, precursor there, and uh, Marc Caro. Uh, both of them also directed City of Lost Children together in 1995. Um, this movie is an exquisite combination of horror, sci-fi, and comedy. I feel like it balances all three of those elements so well that it's like hard to pin down and explain. Cause if you just read the, if you just read the premise, you're like, okay, you know, I could go for that maybe, but then you watch it and it just, it took me away. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I thought it was going to be really dark and like depressing for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe like just looking at the poster and like the premise. But yeah, it was way more comedic than I thought it was going to be. And especially, I don't know, there's that great opening scene where we see like that guy hiding in the garbage can with those eyes that just like really, I was like, oh no, where is this going from here? But it does like add in like all those different elements really well. Yeah, those eyes are, like, perfectly expressive. They look like they're almost, like, popped out of his head. He's, like, fucked up Oscar the Grouch hiding in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you can uh, watch this on Amazon Prime, I don't think I mentioned. Um, sound is one of those things that, like, you notice immediately how important it is to the movie. Because in that opening scene in particular, you notice, like, it starts off with the sharpening of the knives. And then all the sounds following that seem like they're amplified. Like, as the guy is trying to escape, every move that he makes, you hear it. Like, he's, like, wrapped up in paper and everything. And you hear the paper move at, like, every, every step. Yeah, and, like, sound is, it, it's a big part of the whole movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. just from, like, that opening, like, knife sharpening scene, which is just, like, it was so grating. And I was listening, I had, like, earbuds in so I could, like, really hear everything more clearly. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just the weird noises that kind of, like, come in and out of the film as yeah. the story gets, like, more intense. Yeah, for sure. You see that, um a little later in the movie, um, where the butcher is having sex with Miss Plus, who is, like, she's, like, the, I don't want to say she's a prostitute, 
It's like the sexy young thing of the building, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and everyone knows it, and, you know, like, there's the, the woman who has, like, two kids who, like, puts her down for it and everything. Yeah. Um, but in the scene where they're having sex, and it starts off with, like, the bed springs moving, and then every, everyone else in the building, you, like, see all of the tenants doing their own thing. Like, the, the grandmother is, like, knitting to the rhythm, and they're, like, cleaning, and, um, uh, Dominique Pignon's character is, like, painting the ceiling. He moves back and forth to the rhythm. It's so good. It almost is, like, a... It's, like, a slapstick, silent film in the way that there, like, is no dialogue, I guess. Or there's little dialogue. Yeah. Just, like, the movement paired with the sound effects to build up that tension. Mm -hmm. And visuals are also very exaggerated. Like, everything comes together to create this perfectly messed up world. And, like, you can see, like, the dust in the air. All Everything is tinted, this, like, unnatural orange, like, sunset hue, and there's sharp contrast. There's that guy who lives in the basement who has, like, a fuck ton of frogs living there. <laughs> What's apartment. up with that guy? What's up? <laughs> I have so many questions about that guy. Yeah, that guy is, uh, yeah. I love whenever, uh, Miss Plus is, like, coming back into the building after getting out of the sewer, like, towards the end, and <laughs> he's, like, you're a dragonfly in mating season, and she just cuts him off, and she's, like, beat it, you old jerk. I don't have time for this bullshit. <laughs> I think his character is just listed as Frogman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he's eating all those slugs and... Yeah, the snails, all the shells. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. And, like, the whole, um, I guess the premise is it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic scenario. But I think it's good. Well, we don't know what happened to get to this point, right. really. Yeah. And we don't see anything else besides, like, this building and then, like, underground of the building. Yeah, it's cool because you learn about everyone. It's like a personal history, kind of. You learn about everyone who's, like, the personal lives of everyone who's going through this situation, whatever it may be, and all the extremes that come with that. Like, this butcher is literally profiting off of killing his tenants and selling them. And then they eat them! Yeah, and they eat them. Yes. That's worth mentioning, too. Mm -hmm. When he kills the grandmother and, like, gives the, like, bundle of meat to (laughs) her daughter, and she starts crying and everything, and he's like, I do feel bad about that. (laughs) unfortunate circumstances yeah he says like she died a natural death or something oh yeah but it is kind of like it's definitely an absurd way of looking at how you would behave in a scenario where you have to like kill one another to survive Mm -hmm. it is so ridiculous and so far-fetched yeah, and the character of Louison, is that how you say it? Yeah. 
he kind of like stirs everything up and i saw like his face on the poster before i started watching the movie i found him to be really like off-putting at first for some reason his face reminded me of one of the characters from mr meaty like oh the, one of the puppets. my god <laughs> oh my god you're right which i've had nightmares about i still like i, I looked it up and i was like looking at the poster just still freaks me out. I'm gonna open and close this show with the theme song from Mr. Meaty. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he was so like off-putting at first and kind of weird. He has this weird look to him, but then as we get to know him and figuring out like what he did as a clown and stuff, he became really kind of charming and goofy. He does some like really fun goofy stuff in the movie. Yeah, it is really sweet whenever his, like, performance is on TV and everyone in the building is watching it. And you learn that, um, what is, oh, uh, Dr. Livingstone. Yes. Dr. Livingstone, uh, as he explains to Julie, was his former partner in, uh, his, like, circus performance act. And, he said, all, all we know about him is that he was killed and eaten. And then later when everyone is watching the um, performance on TV, she finds out that he's a chimpanzee. Yeah, it was a twist. <laughs> yeah, it was a twist. He just misses his chimp. Yeah. It's Aww. really sweet. And he's very understanding like, I don't know, nothing seems to bother him. Like, the noises he hears, he's very, like, aloof to everything. Yeah. And he kind of says, like, when he's talking to Julie on point, he's like, no one's entirely evil. It's circumstance. Yeah. But he, he doesn't really know the actual circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, he soon finds out, though. I love how every time she tries to tell him what's going on he like he falls asleep and he like cuts her off and stuff it's just one of those like slapstick qualities Mm. it's like you're gonna find out sooner or later but it might not be you know the way that you want to find out yeah you've had enough like warning i tried to warn you enough yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, and there's so many, like, different characters in, like, the hotel or, like, sublet kind of apartment building. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like, I don't know, I felt like some characters I had a harder time, like, maybe understanding, or it felt like kind of a series of short films. I couldn't really, the whole, like, the two guys doing, like, the sound machines... And then, like, them as people, I found their story to be, I didn't really get it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. I really enjoyed, um, uh, what's the one character? Aurora? Or, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. But, um, she kept building all these, like, Rupert, Rube Goldberg, like, contraptions to, like, commit suicide, and they never work. You, like, see her almost 
get to that result, but it never, never comes to completion because she's always, like, interrupted. Mm-hmm. And the whole time she thinks she's hearing voices, but it turns out to be one of the other tenants who has, like, a thing against her husband is, like, doing it. He's, like, whispering into the pipes, and she hears them. Yeah. See, I didn't get, like, that he had a thing against her husband. I didn't really know what the point of it was. I thought yeah. it was the guy who liked her. I guess, were they setting it up where it was, like, the guy that likes her is doing this? That's what I thought. And then we see the other guy. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it was it was confusing to me, too. But it, it was, like, a little more clear watching it the second time. hmm Yeah. I think he just wants to get her husband out of the way so that he can get with her. Mm. Okay. But that's quite a way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so the pipes throughout the building are used to communicate throughout the movie, which is a pretty cool device. Because you have characters, like, finding out things that they're not supposed to know. Like, it's like there's no sense of privacy in the building. You can just listen so easily. You can hear every word. Yeah. Every person is saying. Yeah. Like the the scene where um, the butcher is listening to uh, Luisan and Juliet. Is there, mm-hmm. like, trying to plot an escape? And he's kind of, like, the butcher, the father, has kind of been holding her, like, locking her away, and it's kind of, kind of like she's a princess being locked in a tower, almost, mm-hmm. and she gets, like, the nicest room, too, in this, like, you know, this crappy apartment building. Her room is, like, so pristine right. and everything, and then it's kind of like all of these other young tenants who've come along the way. She, like, has fallen in love with them, but they haven't passed. They've all been killed by him. Yeah, right. They haven't been able to, you know, get to her until Luisan. Yeah. It's kind of like a great metaphor there. Yeah, definitely. I love um, when Luisan first goes to her apartment. And she doesn't wear her glasses, so she can't see anything, and she's just, like, knocking shit over. And she's like, I buy two of everything because I'm so clumsy. Relatable. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And then I saw somebody, like, complaining online, or it was, like, some kind of random review, how the last, like, 20 minutes, they were like, they just wreck the sets, and it's just, like, (laughs) I don't know, everything's, like, destroyed, and I I think it's, I found that to be, like, a great release, in sense of relief, like, destroying this terrible place that has, you know, been confined and, like, seen so many horrors. Yeah, because the building doesn't offer them any protection, really, when you think about it. So what are you supposed to do whenever your environment exterior is toxic, but, you know, the interior is just as bad? 
Yeah, because there are like, are there like cannibals roaming around? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Kind I'm of? not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, there's, I feel like there's allusions to that. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. There is also the, um, what are they called? Let me see. <laughs> the lizard people. <laughs> yeah, Underground. The, the lizard people. The troglodistas exist underground. Julie seeks them out. Um, they are a group of vegetarian rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they're trying to help out. That's like a great aspect of post or like apocalyptic future movies like the underground people or like, you know, the rebel army who has yeah. to like keep hidden. Yeah, and they're all wearing those, like, wetsuits. It's hilarious. Yeah, with the flashlights on their heads. Yeah. I love when they kidnap Miss Plus uh, instead of Luisan. And the, the one guy, like, she's, like, screaming at them at the top of her lungs, like, fuck off, you know, what are you doing? And the one guy, they all, like, head out. And um, he comes back and kisses her, and he's like, just in case I don't come back. <laughs> what a macho thing to do. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and the ending, another note on the ending, I love how uh, the Australian, it's like a boomer, bleh, boomerang type um, knife, I guess. He uses it earlier in the movie to cut down a pair of Miss Plus's uh, panties that some of the kids like throw onto one of the street lamps. And um, it comes back in a pretty big way whenever it <laughs> kills the butcher. He throws it at Luisan to try to kill him, but then it bounces back and goes right into his forehead. It took him a good minute to, like, die, though. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like would be awful. Yeah. It's like, is there something, something there? Yeah. Yep. And I love how the movie ends with uh, Julie and Luisan playing their instruments on the roof. She's playing the cello and he's playing a saw. <laughs> when they're, like, 60, they're going to be doing that. Still. It's real cute. Real cute. Yeah, and the kids are kind of mimicking them or doing their own little thing in the background, which is, yeah, it's a nice, sweet ending. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote? Oh. Mm, um, <laughs> I really like the part where he's like, Besides, the butcher was very decent. He apologized. And then it pans down to the guy's, like, chopped off leg. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't know what happens in that moment when we, we like, see somebody coming down the stairs. Mm -hmm. And you think it's, like, Luisan trying to save, like, the woman at that point. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it cuts to that, like, after the fact, which was great. Yeah, right. I think he gets a hunk of his own leg, too, like, wrapped up. Oh, to eat. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I like um 
Miss Plus when she's reading the newspaper after they have sex and she's like, we're entering the age of Virgo. That's my time. That was totally, yeah, that was you. Yeah, and he's like laughing at her and she's like, not everyone is a gorilla with a bulldozer ascending. That's so good. (laughs) Someone's been reading your mind. Yeah. From the the future, I don't know. (laughs) Also, Luisan is an Aquarius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he mentioned that. The sign of the future. Oh, is it really? That's what he says about it. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was, like, time zones or, like, (laughs) things. Well, yes, there are. Actually, them talking about entering the age of Virgo doesn't make any sense because that would have been, like, a long, long, long time ago. Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder why they threw it in there. For people like you to catch it. Probably. <laughs> Professional astrologers here. Yeah. Um. That's pretty much all I have. I just was gonna say the um water scene. Uh, where they like they're clogging the room. I was like, is this the shape of water? <laughs> I love when he's like, there's only one thing that we can do. And then he rips her dress off and she's like Yeah. <laughs> she thinks they're gonna have sex right there. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, take me now. <laughs> My body is ready. Oh, <laughs> uh, so how many meat cleavers would you give this movie? I think I'd give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half, okay. Yeah. I just felt like some of the characters, it was, I was like not interested in some as I could have been others. Yeah, and that was just like keeping like the pace falling through. And I don't think this is something I'll watch again, but I'm glad I watched it. Cool. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to give it a 10 because I think this movie is perfect. Whoa. It's so much. High praise. It honestly blew my mind whenever I saw it. I saw it probably like a year-ish ago, maybe a little more than that. After having read, like, you just have to see it, you know. And it disturbed me and I could not stop thinking about it. And I feel like that is what I want in a movie. So I want to be disturbed and I want to be marinated in thought. Yeah, this has everything you would want. Like you, Alyssa, specifically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the freaking astrology and like the comedy and just like the weird characters and the setting. Yeah. And it's French. Yeah. Yeah, really, it does have everything. (laughs) Give me some recommendations. The only recommendation I could come up with, and it's, like, the most basic, like, thing, would be Sweeney Todd. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I feel like the cast, or, like, the premise, it reminds me of something, but I can't think of what else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so specific, but I feel like it just reminds me of something, but I can't place it. I mean, Sweeney Todd's the most obvious, because, like, you know, Tim Burton has his own specific style, and there's the whole, you know, we're putting 
people in pies and eating them and then you know it's kind of all within this one kind of place too in a way in this very specific setting mm-hmm. and hard times as well like different set of like hard time and hard circumstances so mm-hmm. I would say that is my most basic answer <laughs> nice yeah I mean it's always a good one um I would recommend this is also I feel like one of the most disturbing and kind of abrasive movies that I could think of that, you know, I also absolutely love and is probably one of my favorites. Um, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Um, It follows the wife of a a boisterous and abusive restaurant owner who um, she finds love in one of the other regular diners. Um, Helen Mirren and Michael Gambon are in it. Also, um, Tim Roth has a small role, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of people in it, actually. Um, but it is, it's set up like a, like a stage play. And you also get to know a lot of smaller characters. Um, it's definitely not as visually cutting like the visuals are amazing, but it's not like in your face, here's a Dutch angle, in your face, here's like extreme contrast. It just like lets the setting breathe, which is really cool. And then another one is uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. I saw this one not too long ago. Um, 80s, like dystopian science fiction film. Um, Jonathan Price is in it. Um, Robert De Niro has a part in it. This is more like Orwellian in nature. Mm. Like it has to do with like big government and stuff like that. Not like where I feel like Delicatessen is on like a smaller scale. Like you find out how the people are dealing with this. And you get that from Brazil, but you get more like big brother stuff mm. yeah kind of like let's tie it back to um joe versus the volcano kind of like that i feel but still very absurd mm-hmm. and also another th- another like interesting tidbit that i tried to find out more about this movie was released in the U.S. like as presented by Terry Gilliam, but I don't think he had anything to actually do with the movie. So I don't mm. know. I don't know why that happened. Probably just to get people to go to the theater. Yeah, I know. I think Quentin Tarantino has done that with certain movies. Like I, I forget the name of the movie, but he did that with something else where it was like Quentin Tarantino presents kind of just like as promotion for people who are interested in Tarantino I guess like that they might see this thing yeah but but it is kind of misleading yeah right maybe with like the grindhouse movies yeah maybe yeah what are your recent watches well I don't know I guess this can kind of segue or related to the Oscars. I don't know if you watched the Oscars. A little bit, yes. A little bit. Yeah. Um, well, very weird, obviously. You know, a lot of problems with, like, 
I just have a lot of issues with like the production and then like showing clips of things, which is a weird thing to complain about, but it was more storytelling based. Yeah. I also thought like the way that they tried to make it cinematic was cool, but weird. Like the way it looked was kind of off-putting. <laughs> yeah, the whole like cinematography of it all. Yeah, I couldn't tell. You know, it, it definitely seemed like they were trying to play to, like, people at home, but it didn't seem like they were playing enough to the people that were actually there. Like, it mm -hmm. was weird to see people sitting and looking in one direction, not at, like, whoever was talking in that moment. Yeah. I don't know. It was well. kind of off-putting, but cool that they tried something. Yeah, and the big issue I think for a lot of people came towards the end when they chose to not, and they announced Best Picture not at the end. They did it before the Best Actress and the Best Actor. Mm, yeah, that's weird. Which felt very weird, like, because Nomadland won, and they, they did this great thing, and, like, Frances McDormand was there, and, you know, this celebratory moment, which is supposed to be, like, the end of the show. Yeah. But everyone was, like, they saved it for the end. And because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win, mm -hmm. but Anthony Hopkins ended up winning, and he wasn't there to accept, you know, I mean, he's old, he wasn't, and, like, they wouldn't let him set up, like, a private Zoom call from his home. Like, the Academy was very adamant about people going to these specific locations mm -hmm. to accept the award. So, I don't know if you saw that moment, but Joaquin Phoenix was just like, we accept this on his behalf. That's the end, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's super weird. I didn't see that. I think I fell asleep like a like 30 minutes before that. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. I also feel like Chadwick Boseman should have won like Yeah, well, I guess that leads me into my recent watches cuz I just watched um I guess like last week The Father, which Anthony Hopkins won for. And I can see why he won it because it's it's an incredible career-defining performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know if, like, Chadwick Boseman deserved it. Like, there's this whole thing. And then I don't know if it's, like, the Academy being, like, this movie just came out and it just caught our attention and this other performance came out months ago and this is, like, wow, we're going to rally around this movie. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it's, a, it's definitely worth a watch. It's an amazing, you know, portrait of a man going through memory loss. And, like, you see him going with him as an audience member through this. And they do amazing things with, like, editing and time and, like, the whole production design of everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, it's just sad that we couldn't see Anthony Hopkins accept it, like, the way it should have happened. Yeah. You know? Right. They should have, I mean, he's 83 years old. They should have accommodated him. Right, yeah. Yeah, that sense. is, like, weird and messed up for them to announce those two categories after Best Picture. They really thought it was going to be Chadwick Boseman, though. Hmm. But, I don't know. It just amazes me, like, they don't have this, they can't get, like, look at the answers beforehand or know what's coming. Yeah. You know? 
I don't know. That's like my rant. I'm sorry to like <laughs> yeah. detour everything. Well, yeah, no, but like of all the changes that you could make to an award show like that, like why would that be one of them? Why would that be your priority to be like people want to know best actor and best actress after they know what the best mm-hmm. movie is? Like I feel like I would have just turned it off after that. <laughs> Yeah, because it's supposed to be, like, the big moment when everyone's, like, on stage, and, yeah, then you be like, bye. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm glad Anthony Hopkins won. It's just sad that it wasn't able, like, you know, we should, we didn't get what we should have got. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I also watched another Oscar nominee. It didn't win for Best Documentary, but I watched Crip Camp. That's Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Uh, tells the story of like um, different people of like different disabilities kind of collecting at this summer camp in like the late 60s you know free love period mm-hmm. and them like all these people being able to be individuals for the first time and you know not being defined by their disabilities yeah and then it kind of segues into like a lot of these people from this camp fighting for disability laws to be enacted which is a really important story we don't really I didn't really know a lot about yeah but my octopus teacher one about some guy connecting with an octopus (laughs) yeah I feel like everything in that category could have won easily but I haven't seen any of them so I don't really know if I can say anything yeah I don't people just wanted something mushy and gushy I guess like an octopus yeah. <laughs> Although they are pure muscle. They are? I think so. Oh. They work out. Yeah. Um, and then my last, I know I've been rambling, my last um, recent watch was Adaptation, mm-hmm. which I've never seen, I hadn't seen before, and I just fell into it. I like, it kind of like, you know, the, um, being John Malkovich is like the kind of shadow over it and I think I liked this a lot more than being John Malkovich actually I don't know um kind of funny because we were talking about Tom Hanks a lot on the last episode mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks was originally supposed to play the twins that Nicolas Cage played yeah which I can't really see I don't know I haven't seen this one yet I, oh but you I, haven't no I know oh, you will love it <laughs> Yeah, it, it's great because it's like Charlie Kaufman, like Nick Cage plays him, and then there's like this imaginary brother that Charlie Kaufman created, like who wrote the movie. Um, but it's kind of like his experience trying to adapt this book, mm-hmm. and like the stories interweave, and Meryl Streep's in it, and Chris Cooper. Yeah, I was all in on this one. Yeah, it does. You know, I've I've seen it on a ton of lists. It's just one that I haven't gotten to. Yeah. In time. <laughs> um, the only thing that I've watched in the last week has been uh, the Chernobyl HBO miniseries, which is really intense and really graphic, but good. You know, I liked it. Yeah, I was going to say uplifting content. <laughs> yeah, right. It does have some obviously very disturbing moments because you actually see 
like some people from the time that they're exposed to all the radiation up until like they're pretty close to death and you just see like the progression of that sickness and it's raw yeah um things that like and this is just you know a an americanized thing that happens but no one had i mean maybe like one or two people had a russian accent they were all like british people speaking english mm. so that kind of took me out of it at parts yeah i don't know other than that i feel like it's worth a watch if you want something that's like historical and fucked up Yeah, I've heard so much about that one, but I just don't think I could, I don't think I could do it. I don't know. Yeah. It made me want to read a lot more about what actually happened. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know, thing. but there's a lot that we don't know because Russia. Mother Russia. <laughs> yep. All right, what's next week's pick? <laughs> what's going down? I have options for you. Options? So like a this or that kind of thing, because I couldn't narrow it down. Okay. Um, I don't think you've seen these movies, but they all they have one thing in common, and that is another white actor that I'm pretty sure you don't like. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you should, because... It's either Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, probably, right? No. Okay. Mm -mm. Hmm. George Clooney. Okay. I don't hate him, but I don't like him. I was very resistant to him for a long time. And then I just, something flipped, like a switch flipped. Yeah. And I was like, I'm all in on this, this George guy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I got two George picks. Okay. We either have Ocean's Eleven. Okay. The Steven Soderbergh casino heist ensemble movie with a lot of great people in it. Brad Pitt, Don Cheadle, Mark, not, or, um, Matt Damon, Elliot Gold, Carl Reiner, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Or we have Michael Clayton, the political kind of thriller of a fixer who's trying to salvage this case and help his friend. Okay. Determine, like, what the powers it be, what's going on. I think that I've seen Michael Clayton, so I feel like on principle I should go with Ocean's Eleven. Yay! Although <laughs> I may have seen, I've probably seen parts of this. Okay. At some point. But you don't have enough of an understanding, right? You think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I, I knew you might have seen these because I feel like they're on TV or Ocean's Eleven has been. I feel like it's always on like cable or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. But, All right. We'll do this. Yeah, this is everything I love. <laughs> a heist movie. It's a casino movie. It's an ensemble. Yeah. Brad Pitt e eats things, so. Things, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I appreciated his ponytail last night, or his bun, whatever that was, the situation. It was like a very little, it was like a little nub. Yeah, <laughs> tiny bun. You can just, I could just imagine him like having a crisis before going on. Like, it doesn't look right! Just look <laughs> up! <laughs> Get the hairspray stat. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. well, you can watch Delicatessen, and I recommend that you do watch it on Amazon Prime, uh, and then join us next week for Ocean's Eleven. Woo!